0: A couple of years ago, I was with a group of Christian friends and mentioned a quote from one of the Harry Potter books. I got my eyebrows singed from the blast of outrage. Didn't I know JK Rowling was leading our children into Satan worship? Didn't I realize she was using her books to drum up more witches for Satan? I asked them this question. What makes the Harry Potter books different? From the Lord of the Rings, wasn't Gandalf a wizard? Wasn't Saruman an evil wizard? What's so different about the Harry Potter books? I don't remember the replies, since my mind is a sieve and the chaff gets blown away by the wind. I know that these Christians who were degrading the Harry Potter books sought to justify Lord of the Rings as Christian literature without addressing my questions. Undoubtedly, Lord of the Rings is Christian literature. However, the Harry Potter books can also fall into that classification. And here are my reasons for justifying that. First, this is a classic story of evil versus good. Secondly. Lord Voldemort and the Slytherins are associated with a snake. Thirdly, Harry is prophesied to be the chosen one, the one who was going to defeat Voldemort. Voldemort, who obviously represents the devil, rebels against Dumbledore, who possibly represents God. Dumbledore's son, in quotation marks, is Harry, the one chosen to defeat the devil. Harry grows up in humble circumstances, fulfills prophecy, and sacrifices himself, just as Jesus did. Also, similar to Jesus, Harry has great times of of popularity with the people, with the masses, and times when they turn against him. And here is is something that's really interesting to me. The Death Eaters use the Crucio curse on Harry. Crucio is a Latin word meaning I torture, and it's the word from which we derive the word cross. To delve a bit further, let's look at a specific book, The Deathly Hollows or the Deathly Hallows, excuse me. First, the title itself, Hallow, is usually used as a verb, and it means to make holy. We find that the Hallows are the Sorcerer's Stone, the Invisibility Cloak, and the one used by Dumbledore. What power does each of these possess? Well, strangely, the Sorcerer's Stone has the ability to raise the dead. Resurrection of the dead. Could that not refer to Jesus? And then here we have the invisibility cloak. It protects the wearer. Now who walks with us here upon the earth? Is it not the Holy Spirit? Does that not offer protection to us? And the last hallow is the wand. The wand has great power. And great power is certainly the, the, I was gonna say the greatest attribute, the greatest attribute of God the Father. So we have three hallows that seem to correspond to the Trinity, to the Godhead. Was that simple coincidence? Or did Rowling choose this number, the number three? and these particular attributes to correspond in that way. Only J.K. Rowling knows, although may I interject, that authors often go beyond what they set out to achieve. Somehow, some books become filled with symbolic meaning that the author himself or herself did not intend And even though authors sometimes reject the symbolism that readers attribute to them, that does not mean the symbolism does not exist. The symbolism can still be there. It kind of transcends what the author was trying to achieve. We find more parallels with the Bible in her work. Consider that for most of the book in the Deathly Hallows, Harry is cut off from others except except for Hermione and Ron. And even Ron abandons him for a while. Harry wanders from place to place in the wilderness, searching for answers and questioning why Dumbledore did not tell him more. He doubts that he can fulfill the role that is stressed upon him and is and wishes for escape now i don't know but but the scene that comes to my mind are the israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years they endured hardship and trials and they constantly doubted god just as harry doubts dumbledore another scene that this might refer to as the temptation of the devil. And also, um, in the Deathly Hallows, you have the t- destruction of the locket. And when that happens, when that locket is destroyed, Baltimore comes out with a with many lies that, te- that just tears um, Harry, Hermione, and run apart. It, it destroys their friendship. And so we can see how lies, Voldemort lies, are similar to the lies of the devil. And also note that in this, that the, hor- the horcrux is destroyed by a sword. Well, in the Bible, the sword is God's truth, God's word. So that's interesting I found. And also note that that Harry endures this. He endures it even if even though he questions, even though he has doubts. He endures. Just as the Israelites did. And just as Jesus did. Remember the prayers of Jesus in the garden. And remember how Peter abandoned him. Yes, Ron abandoned Harry in the book, and Peter abandoned Jesus in the Bible. And yet both return. And when they return, they return with a new zeal. It's after passing through a period of darkness and the deathly. Hallows that Harry and his followers emerge with a new determination. This was the time of greatest darkness. And this was their time of greatest victory. And we see this in the Bible. What Satan meant as defeat, what seemed to be the greatest darkness, was followed by the time of greatest victory. Jesus' death upon the cross became God's greatest gift to man. The greatest darkness imagined by Satan emerged as the greatest victory. So let's review. The Hallows compare with the attributes of the Godhead. Harry wandered in the wilderness, as did the Israelites. The Israelites. In a period of temptation, we could also also maybe compare this to the 40 days that Jesus was in the wilderness. Voldemort uh, spewed lies, just as the devil spews lies. The like locket was destroyed with a sword, just as Satan lies are destroyed with the sword of God. And the sword of God, remember, is his holy word, the truth. Rod abandoned Harry, just as Peter abandoned Jesus. And ultimately, in the Deathly Hollows, Harry sacrifices himself to deliver his people from the imprisonment of Voldemort. There are more ways that we can that we can find biblical themes that are interwoven throughout the Harry Potter books. But these suffice to show us, I believe, how the Deathly Hallows can be considered Christian allegory. And I believe that it should be placed along with the Lord of the Rings as great Christian literature. Yes, it has earned its place, and perhaps it's even at the top. This blog post was first published in 2011. Thank you for read for listening, and y'all are listening, not reading, but thank you for listening, and I hope you will listen to more of my blog post, um, and I'll see you later, or talk to you later. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.